This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Welcome back to How Far We've Come, our podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. This time around, we're chatting about education and just like education can help shape our future, NGS Super is all about helping you plan for what's ahead. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. I reckon most listeners would have heard about NAPLAN, even if they didn't do it at school or even if they don't have kids at school. It's been in the news a lot and not just recently. No, really pretty much consistently for the last 15 years. So right here, right now, we're going to get you across the background and the current discussion. Standardised testing. Made easy. Let's do it. Okay, pencils ready. Anyone who's been involved in schools in the past 15 years would have come across NAPLAN. Maybe you've even participated in these tests. And look, if you're old like me, you think, how on earth is that possible? But it's very possible because it was introduced in its current form in 2008. So that means pretty much anyone who's age 29 or 30 would have done NAPLAN when they were in about year nine. So that's how they would have had some exposure to it. It stands for National Assessment Program, Literacy and Numeracy. It's standardised testing for students in Year 3, 5, 7 and 9. Its main aim is to see whether they're achieving the minimum learning standards in literacy and numeracy. So there's four tests in a series and each test takes between 40 and 65 minutes. They cover three parts of literacy, so reading, writing and language conventions, things like spelling, grammar and punctuation. And there's also a numeracy test. Yeah, it's interesting how it's rolled out nationally each year. All schools have a nine-day test window that's set down in May every year and then results. Exactly. That comes in about August. And there's a four-pronged approach to the results. <laughs> so there's four-part series of a four-pronged approach. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, number one, it's for students and parents and carers. They can get individual results to discuss the students' strengths and the areas for improvement. They can do that with the teachers. For teachers, they can use the results to help them identify students in their class and They might require extra support or have some challenges that they need to address. Schools can dive into the results. They're the number three in the four prongs. Um, They can use the results to identify strengths and areas of need in teaching programs and to also set goals for the whole school when it comes to literacy and numeracy. And then the big one, governments and school systems, they can actually use the results to review programs and the sort of supports that they offer schools. Which is a common reason it's often in the news when you hear about NAPLAN. It's about then how how we're performing and how governments can change things to make it better. Before we get into how we arrived at NAPLAN, we better cover off why. Why do we need standardised testing? Very good question, Kate, and I'm so glad <laughs> like that I'm you asked. So, <laughs> literacy and numeracy are essential life skills. We need them in daily life. Thank that's, you, Miss Kimball. That's why we need <laughs> to make sure that this is done. Um, so no matter what further educational career path you take, just having basic literacy and numeracy skills mean if you've got that base, it's important and you can get on with things. There are issues with this here in Australia. It's been estimated that 3 million Aussies are functionally illiterate. So that's the lack of skill to cope with reading and writing tasks that are required in everyday situations. So Tasmania is considered to be in the worst position. Studies show, and this is one of those stats that people think that just can't be right, 
40 to 50% of adults in Tasmania are functionally illiterate. I don't know. It's extraordinary, it's isn't the stats, it? It's yeah. a it's a staggering number and it's something that governments talk about and also private sectors about how can they actually help. How can they help that? So the the point of NAPLAN, I guess, as well, is that it's about standardized testing across all of the states and territories. So we have a national look at our school curriculum also. And that is quite a controversial topic, nationalising the school curriculum. Mm. There's lots of culture war debates about those sorts of things, but it's a recent development after about 100 years of the states and territories managing their own curriculums. Uh, It's an acknowledgement that having a national population that's literate and numerate is very important. Tasmania is one of those examples Mm. as to why it's important that as a country we all come along together. Mm. Um, We need it to realise our potential as a nation. With that in mind, Claire, let's take a look back now at how we arrived at Destination NAPLAN. Claire, you love 90s music. I don't know what gave that away. (laughs) This was your choice. (laughs) That song is just that Oh, it's a terrible song. It's a shocker, but also I loved it because I think it was my year six song. Like I was graduating year six. Graduating year six. Oh, wow. (laughs) And look, it's appropriate because NAPLAN starts in 1999. That was when our ministers for education... um, They all got together with the federal government and they produced what was called the Adelaide Declaration that set national goals for schooling for the 21st century. Sounds very lofty. So that song's from 1999. Well, it's in the 90s. Just just, come along with me on this. We just really wanted to play that song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it does sound lofty. Talk me through um, the Adelaide Declaration. So it sought to make all young Australian successful learners confident and creative individuals, also active and informed citizens. Actually doing that was another thing altogether. Before we get on with that, can I just check? So what you're saying, there were no standard testings before 1999? There was. So oh, okay. we right. had tests that started in the 1800s. Um, I certainly remember doing some statewide maths and reading mm. tests when I was a little kid at Yes Primary School. And I went to Bermagui Public School, Claire, and we did the basic skills test. That'll mm. be a blast from the past for some people listening. It might have uh, even been what I did, although basic skills? quite Does a few years before that, yeah, something like that. I remember a big sheet with lots of things that you had to fill in <laughs> with a pencil. little circles. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. God, oh, that's a memory. Um, the Adelaide Declaration was a bit of a moment and the discussion then turned to the need for a national and reliable measurement of students' literacy and numeracy ability. Yeah, so that's the end of the 90s. Yep. Things moved actually pretty quickly in government land, which is a bit of a new thing. That doesn't always happen. Uh, The ministers agreed to introduce NAPLAN and in 2007 the first tests were developed and then by 2008 they were rolled out into school. Yeah, it wasn't all smooth sailing. These things very rarely are. One of the big bumps in the road was when a couple of years in the Australian Education Unit decided to boycott NAPLAN. The concern was that the results would lead to comparison tables which wouldn't be helpful for the students. 
evidence. There was lots of talks at that time around exactly how you're going to use the results and are you going to punish kids that aren't actually travelling that well. Performing, yeah. And how are you going to manage them to get better? So it led to negotiations. The government agreed to more transparency around how the results would be used to improve learning outcomes. Another big bump in the road was COVID, of course. The pandemic saw NAPLAN tests cancelled in 2020, but... That was it. Yeah, we gave a bit of a hat tip earlier in the series to teachers and parents during this time in an earlier episode. Just remembering back to that time in 2020, and it was March when things went really pear-shaped. NAPLAN happens in May, so they decided to scrap it, but it was back in 2021. Yep, exactly right. Back on track. Even COVID couldn't kill it off. And that's where we are today. So, Kate, I reckon let's dive into the road ahead for Australia's education standards. A quick mention for NGS Super here, who worked with us to make this series possible. A bit about them. They're a super fund that has been around for over 35 years and they're also run to only benefit members. What that means is all their profits go back to helping members secure their financial future. They've also got an eye on tomorrow, the future of our planet and economy. It's why they're working hard to create a carbon neutral investment portfolio by 2030. Just search for NGS Super online to find out more. But now... Back to the episode. It is profoundly disturbing that in a country as clever as ours that we are seeing these standards go backwards. That was Federal Coalition Education Spokeswoman Sarah Henderson speaking in August after the 2023 NAPLAN results were released. Let's get into what those results said because it feels like every time I hear anything about NAPLAN, Claire, it's about them going backwards. Yeah, it does seem like to be like a bit of a theme, doesn't mm. it? Um, this year, about one in three students failed to reach expectations in numeracy, reading and writing. Uh, over 40% of Year 3 and Year 9 students didn't meet grammar and punctuation requirements. That lines up with another very big report that was out at the start of this year, and that was from the Productivity Commission. It said that students who live outside major cities are, on average, 1.7 years behind in literacy and two years behind in numeracy than their city cousins, and that the poorest 25% of kids are 2.75 years behind rich kids in reading, three years behind in numeracy. For Indigenous kids, Claire, it found that by year nine, they are nearly three and a half years behind non-Indigenous kids in reading. So this stuff all adds up and that's... Mm course, the argument as to why they do these tests so regularly so that they can try and keep on track of these things. But that Productivity Commission report found, all in all, that despite a 21% increase in student funding in the past decade, there have been no noticeable improvements in student learning outcomes. I feel another expert panel coming on, Claire. <laughs> another expert panel. <laughs> so Federal Education Minister Jason Clare has appointed an expert panel. Its job is to set recommendations for new benchmarks for schools to meet student learning, all these targets that they're trying to aim for. There's a lot to get right. Yeah, there's a bit to fix, it seems. We don't know when those targets will be made public, but we do know what the incentive is. Schools will have to hit those benchmarks to get their share in funding under the National Schools Reform Agreement. And Kate, that is a very nice teaser. This is sort of where standards hits funding. Okay. So, not just sitting over there in its own little bubble with no correlation, it actually will go to the money. Yeah. So um, there's this review to, inf this is what it's called, review to inform a better and fairer education system. Um, so 
there's this expert panel and what it's going to do is inform the next National Schools Reform Agreement. That agreement is the big thing that they're driving towards and the expert panel is going to deliver its final report by the end of October. So we'll see exactly what that all has. It could be a bit later than that. Um, Over the course of the next year, we'll see where that agreement actually gets to. And as you said, this is where standards link to funding. No doubt this will be a huge topic of conversation across the news cycle over the coming year or so. Talk us through what we're doing in the next episode. Okay, we're going to get into the funding bit. So, yeah, we'll take that on. And, of course, the backdrop to that is the Gonski review. If you've heard about Gonski, if you've been asked to give Give a Gonski, Gonski, all of those sorts of things and not quite understood what that actually all means, it's a very important part of where we're at right now with education and standards and funding. So we're going to dive into those recommendations, the controversies and where things stand now. Big personalities, political drama, high stakes. It's an interesting episode. Stand by for that. It'll be out next week. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. Please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you.